The Christmas Dream of Little Charles by Justice Star Redfield. Recorded for Dreams Collection 1 Stories and Poems by Mocha. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Christmas Dream of Little Charles, Justice Star Redfield. One Christmas Eve, little Charles Estabrook hung his stocking carefully by the chimney corner, and, after saying his prayers, got into bed, and soon fell asleep. Charles was a good little boy. He was fond of horses, and took pleasure in feeding them and attending to their wants. On the day previous, a traveller came along. His horse was thirsty, so little Charles got a pail, filled it with water, and gave the horse to drink, for which the traveller rewarded him by giving him a shilling. But, although so fond of horses, Little Charles was not unmindful to the claims of his sister Lizzie, as she was familiarly called, and, in pleasant weather, would go out to walk with her. In the engraving opposite, they are on their way to school together, and have stopped that he may tie her shoe, which has become unfastened. Charles dreamed that he was in bed, peeping at his stocking over the bedclothes, when he saw a very pleasant-looking old gentleman come down the chimney, on a nice little pony, precisely like the one named Lightfoot that his uncle Ben had promised to give him. It was funny indeed to see the pony slide down feet foremost, and Charles could not help laughing. But he laughed still louder when he examined old Nicholas the rider. His hair was made of crackers, and as he came nearer and nearer to the lamp that stood on the hearth, pop went one of the crackers, then another, and then another. But St. Nicholas was not a bit frightened. He only rubbed his ears with his coat sleeve, patted the pony to keep him quiet, and laughed till he showed the concave of his great mouth, full of sugar plums. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. Charlie laughed when he saw him, in spite of himself, while a wink of his eye, a twist of his head, soon gave him to know he had nothing to dread. Charles was excessively delighted, and shouted so loud that his mother thought he had a nightmare. He watched the old gentleman closely, and then looked at his stocking. It hung very conveniently. "'He can't put the pony in it,' said he to himself. "'That's a pity.' The old gentleman's pockets stood out prodigiously, and he panted and puffed as if he had been cuddling an alligator. Well, said he, wiping the perspiration off his face, although it was the 25th of December. If this is not hard work, eighty-five youngsters have I called on the last hour. Hark, St. Michael's sounds loud down the chimney. One, two. I shall have a tough job from two o'clock till daylight, popping down the chimneys from the battery to the higher bridge. I wonder what this chap will like for a Christmas present continued he, eyeing the stocking, and then putting his arms akimbo, he began to consider. Charles' heart beat. "'Good Mr. Nicholas,' said he to himself, "'if you could only give me that pony.' But he kept quite still, for he saw the old man put his hands into his tremendous pockets. "'Hm, let me see,' said old Nicholas. "'Here's a jackknife that I was to have given Tommy Battle, uh, if he had not quarrelled with his sisters. Open sesame!' The sucking opened, and in went the jackknife. It was the very thing that Charles wanted. One after another, the old gentleman pulled out tops, twined marbles, dissected maps, picture books, sugar plums, besides diverse other notions, all the while talking to himself. Mm, this drum, said he, is for Tom Barnwell, a clever little fellow who never tells lies. This pretty little fish hook sent the line, Master Trout must have, for his patient care of his father when he was sick. This mask is for Oris Allen. He must not use it to frighten little children, or I shall remember it when Christmas comes again. Let me see. I will give this globe to Joseph Dudley, who is a studious boy, and he will make a good use of it. 
this pretty annual was with William Wiley, but the lad kicked his brother and called him a bad name, so I will lay it by for George Wilde. Charles thought he could stay forever to see the old gentleman take out his knick-knacks and tell who they were for, but he began to be a little frightened for his own stocking when he recollected that he had been remiss in his Latin the last quarter. "'I hope the old gentleman does not understand the classics,' said Charlie to himself, but he stopped short, for his queer visitor held up the stocking, saying, "'I think this lad laughs gunpowder by the smell of his stocking.' He then took hold of his hair, and pulling out crackers by the dozen from his head, tied them into neat parcels, and threw them into the stocking. As fast as he pulled them off, new crackers appeared and hung down over his ears and forehead. "'This accounts for the noise we hear on Christmas,' said Charles. "'I never knew who made all the crackers.' And he had to hold his sights for laughing, the old man looked so droll. When the old gentleman stooped over the light to put a new supply in the stocking, an unusual number exploded, and the little pony, giving a start up the chimney, disappeared. Charles awoke. It was just daylight. He sprang out of bed, roused all the family with his Merry Christmas, ran to the stable, and what should he see but Uncle Ben's little pony, with a halt on his neck, on which was tied a piece of paper written, A Merry Christmas with the pony Lightfoot, for my nephew Charles. End of The Christmas Dream of Little Charles by Justice Star Redfield